Hey, welcome to the Astrology Show. I'm Kira, your host. Um, yeah, welcome, episode seven, season three. Um, I just finished recording this episode. This episode is called Venusian Afternoons. Um, in the episode, I explain the background of the name. But essentially, yeah, it's this new thing I'm trying out. Um, the idea kind of comes from the fact that I have had so many amazing, enriching conversations with astrologers over, you know, the past decade, essentially. Um, and there's so many times where I'm like, oh, I wish this was like recorded, you know, <laughs> I wish, I wish this was recorded. And so this is kind of my attempt at, you know, starting to have some more conversations with astrologers that are more casual. Um, essentially, this is a forecast episode. We're really looking at the astrology um, that we're moving through currently, and that's coming up over the next two weeks. And you're just getting a bunch of different, you know, point of views and interpretations on our current skies and um, getting to meet some new astrologers. And this is also a live recording. Um, so members of the 11th house were joining us today um, as we were recording, and that was awesome too. So yeah, um, that's that. I hope you enjoy. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any housekeeping. It is the end of February. Um, March is around the corner. One thing I do want to say, um, I kind of do talk about it in the episode. So actually, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'll leave it. Uh, I'll leave you with a short intro. I can't really think um, of what else I want to add. Oh, I will just say we have, um, we just finished when you're hearing this, <laughs> I'm recording this the day before, but Captolia, um, Captolia's workshop. SEO for Astrologers is happening um, Saturday, tomorrow, which will be a couple days ago when you hear this. Um, but yeah, that's going to be available online for um, purchase if you weren't able to purchase it um, at some point in the next... I, I'm not going to even give you <laughs> a time frame because I don't know yet, but I'm, gonna, I'm trying to do that as soon as possible. And then also, um, and I'll let you know, I'll let you know here too, but if you're, you should be on my mailing list if you're not already, um, that's a really good place to be in my opinion, <laughs> hop onto my mailing list. Um, and then on top of that, what was I going to say? Oh, we have another workshop coming up. Um, it's called up, up and away the astrology of migration. Um, and that one's sure to be really awesome as well. So look out for that. Um, that's kind of the only housekeeping I have. If you're interested in joining the 11th house, you can hop on our wait list. Um, and you'll be the first to know when we open doors back up and yeah, I'll leave you with that. I don't, I, I hope I'm not talking too fast. I think it's cause I'm cold. Um, <laughs> and so I'm a little bit, yeah, shivery, but, um, Hope you enjoy this. It was really fun to record, so let me know.
Hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Welcome. This is our first Venusian Afternoons. Um, I'm really stoked about it. And I have with me four awesome Astros um, to talk about, to kind of just shoot the shit and talk about the upcoming astrology and where we're at right now and to answer some questions. Um, which reminds me, I haven't put the question, the question box link in the chat yet. So let me do that. Um, but yeah, I think we'll get started by just doing some introductions. Some of you have been on the podcast before. Some of you are new. Um, and we'll get going from there. I'm dropping the Q and a form in the chat for any of our, anyone attending live, Um, But yeah, if you're watching the replay or you're listening to this right now, um, this is Venusian Afternoons. It's a brand new podcast series I'm starting. Um, And it kind of originates from me being like living in New York. And um, I had I had a meetup called um, deep seekers for a while in New York, which eventually became the 11th house. Um, Venusian afternoons was another sort of like meetup I started doing in New York, um, years ago where I would just basically invite all my like femme friends to hang out essentially (laughs) on Fridays. Um, it wasn't always on Fridays, but it was just like, yeah, let me bring some like Venusian folks together for whatever. So sometimes we would do like, um, one time we did a clothing swap, which was really fun. Um, other times it's just like, you know, potluck sort of thing where people will just bring food and hang out. But yeah, that's essentially where this idea came from. It's like, let me just get some people together and hang out on a on Venus hour on Fridays. <laughs> Why not? So that brings us here. Um, and I wanted to be sort of like, opportunity for 11th housers to kind of get in behind the scenes on some podcast action so we have 11th housers here with us live um and yeah i'm stoked about that and this will be on the podcast in a couple days so yeah let's get started let's talk um let's do some bios where to begin i think i'm going to start with deja um welcome back (laughs) so Deja and I um, have an interesting, well, I should say Deja came on the show um, season, I guess it was season two. Yeah, season two to talk um, about the fifth and 11th houses with Scarlet. With Scarlet. I like, can't remember if Scarlet w- wants to go by her last name anymore, so we, I won't say it. But, um, but yeah, that was a great episode because you are fifth, 11th house person you have a love you have an 11th house stellium right so so yeah that was that but then also Deja and I um are from both from Philly we actually went both went to the same small all-girls school um didn't know each other in school because we have some years in between us but connected online after well we connected through your aunt really Mm -hmm. Because I met your aunt at like an, an alumni thing in New York City. It was this whole thing. Right. Um, and here we are. Here we are. So, yeah, do you want to introduce yourself, say your SMR, um, a little bit about your practice and what you do in astrology? 
Yeah, yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Deja. Um, online, Deja the Jovian. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, I have <laughs> a Sag Sun, uh, Leah Moon, and Aries Rising. So the Grand Friar Trine. It's quite an enjoyable ride. I can't can't even lie. Um, let's see what else about my practice about myself. I'm from Philly, born and raised. This is the greatest city on earth. Um, go Sixers. They're playing tonight. Um, let's see what else I'm really focusing on like vocational astrology right now. Um, that's primarily my focus and like helping people find their calling. That's very enjoyable. Um, and let's see what else, what else was I supposed to say? Um, I think you should say something about Zodiac Buzz. Oh yeah, I'm helping my I'm <laughs> helping uh, my friends like a childhood friend of mine uh, create this astrology drinking game. Uh, we're really excited about it. We're launching the Kickstarter uh, in about a week. Uh, John actually elected the launch for us, so that's really cool. cool. Um, we're really excited. Everyone, keep your eyes out. And yeah, yeah, that's me. Awesome, <laughs> cool. Thanks for being here. Um, John, why don't you go next? We, we haven't really, we've connected through the 11th house, but not really one-on-one yet. So I'm excited for you to be here. Yeah, me too. Um, you actually did give me my first start reading ever. Oh yes. Actually now I'm remembering that. January 2020. (laughs) How cute. Yay. Um, so yes. Hi everyone. Um, I'm John, um, or Astrologon on the internet. Um, I have, my sun is in Scorpio, my moon is in Aquarius and my rising sign is Gemini. Um, I have been studying Hellenistic astrology for almost six years now, which is like very weird to think about. Um, and my focus is, um, in electional, um, just recently kind of picked that up after mentoring under Drew. Um, and that's been super fun and, um, natal of course, uh, I live outside of Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, I just started studying Geotish like two weeks ago was my first class. So that has been super cool. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. um, We actually have an episode coming up later this season with Drew about electional. So um, cool to have one of his students here. Yeah. Um, yeah, welcome. And yeah, actually, I'm remembering, yeah, giving you a reading way back when. Oh, and you were like, I hope Jupiter- I didn't say anything like <laughs> you're going to have an incredible year. And then like the world, <laughs> the world ended. No, it was we were talking about how the Jupiter Saturn conjunction was like applying to my moon by like a degree and how you were like, this is the perfect time for you to start really getting into astrology. And then I, then oh, I signed wow. up for Chris's class. Wow. wow. <laughs> Awesome. Cool. Well, welcome. Um, how, how was that conjunction for you? (laughs) Um, it was, it was a lot, especially as a night chart and Jupiter being the Lord of two of my angles with Saturn Mm. there. It was just lots of, lots of restructuring and lots of lessons and learning as Saturn loves to give us. Fun. Sounds like a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jared, hi. Hi, um, I'm Jared. I am a Taurus sun, uh, Cancer moon and rising. Um, I go by Leaping Fish on the internet in all sorts of places, and that's my website. Um, and yeah, I, 
uh, do astrology and tarot and I like to talk to people. Um, I do a lot of like when to do things like kind of timing consultations um, a little bit more than like a traditional natal consultation where I talk about you and your life. Um, I like to more talk about what's going on and how to interact with the different periods of time. Um, and that yeah. makes sense knowing your chart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> John has one of, uh, sorry, Jared and John, I'm so sorry. I keep mixing up your names. It's the J yeah. in my dyslexic S. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, Jared, actually, I think all three of you, Deja, Jared and John, I gave you all readings before. <laughs> that was like my yeah. first in introduction to all three of you. And I remember, Jared, I'll never forget your chart because it's like, it's just so nice. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of nice things going on. Yeah. There's, some, <laughs> there's a lot of sex tiles. There's a lot of like earth and water, like comfy, comfiness in Jared's chart. Um, yeah. And I've had other people too, like randomly mention you and your chart to me mm. as well. <laughs> like how sweet it is. <laughs> so yeah, I know Jared, you have, um, <clears throat> you, me and Zach are the ones with the, um, domiciled Saturns. Um, and John, do you have, is your Saturn in Aries like Deja's? Uh-huh. Okay. So we have some domiciled Saturns <laughs> and some fallen Saturns here and all of us are obsessed with time. So that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, thanks for being here. Welcome. Glad to be here. Zach, why did you disappear? <laughs> <laughs> Zach's gone right when I was about to introduce him. Well, <laughs> he'll come back. He'll come back. <laughs> well, before I was going to say, before even that, the three of you have been doing something together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Every Tell month, me more. Yeah, every month we meet and we do our forecast our monthly forecast it's cool it's a joy and did you guys meet in the 11th house yeah yes that's how we Uh, look at that you brought us together your little little children (laughs) (laughs) it's like this is my case study um (laughs) join the 11th house make some friends start a podcast together (laughs) start forecasting take over the world um yeah i didn't even know that you guys were really doing that until i saw one of you post. i think i saw deja you posted about it and i was like oh my god i need to get them on (laughs) to the venusian afternoons um because you know there's not a lot of astrology i shouldn't say that a lot of astrologers um forecasts but i find that there's a good amount of us that like hate it you know and like don't yeah (laughs) don't forecast at all (laughs) yeah um i would say i don't necessarily hate it but i like doing it by the same time it's it's anxiety (laughs) it's anxiety provoking i guess um i'm gonna pin you again zach hi welcome back (laughs) zach literally disappeared like right when i was about to introduce you (laughs) hi you're you're muted just so you know okay oh you have to okay you're still you're not my, muted sorry but there I we go there we go my internet keeps going in and out and i just was i was like literally i could hear you coming to me next and i was like please figure this out i was like smiling the entire time trying to fake it and i was just like clicking all the, whatever here it's we okay. are um, it's okay it's okay sorry about that <laughs> no worries um welcome back thank you you joined us last season as well for our third house, ninth house episode, yeah. um, which was a super popular episode. It's definitely one of my favorites too. Um, 
So yeah, thanks for being back here. Thanks for popping on last minute. I last minute was like, Zach, do you want to do this with me? <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, obviously. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, why don't you intro yourself and sure. um, yeah. Um, so hi, I'm Zach, Zachary Powell. Um, I am uh, my sun, moon, rising, sun in Aquarius, moon in Aries, rising uh, in Gemini. Um, I am uh, the president of the Association for Young Astrologers, um, which uh, we are like relaunching, uh, like doing like a whole rebrand with Aya, um, also known as Aya. Um, and we're doing a whole rebrand this year and we're really excited and we brought new people on board, um, including... Uh, Including Deja, which is just you heard it, heard it here first. Deja <laughs> is also is, has joined Aya, um, and it's really we're really excited about this this new year. Um, and so yeah, that's like the, the the thing that I'm definitely working on now as well. I uh, do client work. Um, I focus on um, kind of like planetary devotion, remediation, deity work, um, as well as definitely do natal readings. Um, but yeah, my like specialty and like the things I really have been focusing on for the past few years has been um, that planetary devotional and remediation practice. Um, which has been really lovely. Um, and uh, I'm also going to start this year doing um, locational and electional options, um, like doing readings for that as well, which I'm really excited about, which I've been like teasing a bit in readings, and now I'm officially going to do that. So, um, yeah, like things are opening up, things are expanding, and I'm getting really excited about it. I had a Jupiter-ruled year last year, and things just kind of like expanded. Uh, and now here we are in the Saturn-Mercury year, and then like it's about like grounding it and putting it into place, which is really wonderful. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, you're one of my, like, randomly, I have a lot of friends who are our age, who are born the same year, who are Gemini rising. So yeah. I'm watching, like, all of you enter into your first of two Saturn years, turning Woof. 31. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, lots of love. <laughs> <laughs> lots of love coming from thank me you. to all of you. Um, thank you. Thank you. But I think it's going to be a glow up for you. Mm, I do. Yeah, I think so. Too. Um with Saturn being so dignified and yeah. Um cool. Well, welcome. Thank you I, for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have all four of you here and to start chatting astro, especially. I mean, I kind of want to just kind of check in as to like where we are right now and the astro that we've been moving through before we start to look into the next 2 weeks. Um, Mercury just cleared its shadow like yesterday, two days ago. <laughs> um, and with that, cleared it with a square to Uranus. Um, it's stationed, right, well, it entered shadow, you can say. Um, what was that? Sometime in January? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I should know this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My ephemeris is here. But yeah, so sometime in January, and it, and it sorry, it's stationed at 11 degrees of Aquarius, square Uranus, as Uranus was stationing. Um, and now here it is again, clearing shadow with this, with the, a final square, not final, but you know, <laughs> another square to Uranus. Um, has that, has anything come up with that for you guys? I mean, of course we're not talking, um, we're not talking world events. I mean, we could, if you wanted to bring up something mundane, um, we are, of course, going, we're in the middle, how do I even put this? Um, a war just began yesterday, right? Was it yesterday or two days ago? Uh, I think two days ago. I think it was in the middle of the middle night of the from night. what I remember. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, regardless, um, there's a war happening 
in Ukraine, and it is terrifying. Um, my Cusp, the app that um, I co-founded, our entire development team are men living in Ukraine. So we're just like trying to stay in touch with them as they're just like moving around, hiding, hiding with family, like get, trying to get family out of the country because men can't leave. Um, lots of scary stuff that's happening right now. We, um, so that's all to say that like, we definitely keeping, um, folks in Ukraine in our hearts and yeah, it, it just feels so help, hopeless or not hopeless, but helpless, I think is the right word. Like, it's just like, yeah, it's hard to take all on we can do. powers that big and feel yeah, like you're exactly. really doing anything. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. So all of that's to say, I don't, I personally don't feel like I'm, you know, well read enough at all to speak on that, like in the slightest when it comes to astrology. Um, so I'm not going to talk about it astrologically. If any, if any of you guys feel like you do have, you know, you've been reading, reading up on it and you have something to say about it feel free, but it's definitely something I don't feel comfortable commenting on. So just putting that out there. Um, cause it's like, yeah, like Mercury square Uranus war started, you know, that's not the only, um, signature of course, but I just don't want to make it seem like we're ignoring that. Yeah. Um, it's just that like, I don't think I certainly am not in a place to like speak on it, especially astrologically outside of just saying like it, it sucks and it's it more, it's more than it sucks. It's like terrifying. And, um, yeah, had to get that out there, but, um, yeah, I guess, personally has anything come up for you guys with this mercury uranus square um i can just say one little thing for me um mercury rules my fourth house of home and family and i definitely had some like weird family stuff happening over the past couple months um with mercury stuff but one random thing that happened mercury is also like um actually I don't know. Does Mer do you think Mercury has anything to do with sound? I don't know yes. what it, it does. It so. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'll just put this out there. I was in my kitchen dancing, literally like blasting My Chemical Romance, like <laughs> yeah, because loud. Why not? <laughs> I was having a ball, just like in my kitchen dancing, like grabbing something out of the fridge, pulled open the fridge closed it, turned around, I'm like belting out lyrics. And all of a sudden I hear this, it's like a crash, but it's like more than a crash because it completely stunned me. Like to, to the point where all of a sudden the music got quiet because it was so loud. Like my ears almost popped basically. And I, oh it took me a second to be like, what the fuck just happened? And I turned around and there's just like a pile of glass on my floor. <gasps> and no! I basically, when I close the fridge, um, I have all of my glass Tupperware stacked on top of my fridge. So I closed the fridge like too hard or something. And it like knocked a bunch of it down and just like, cr like it just crashed. And immediately I'm like just stunned because it was so, it was so loud. 
but immediately I'm like, I like look to a cl- my clock. And I'm like, what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> and I look, and it's like the exact Mercury Uranus square. This was like before wow. when it was stationing. Um, and yeah, like that happened at the exact moment. So, and I think the moon was like applying to Mercury at that time. So that was like one like. I don't know. I just love that story because it was so like Mercury square Uranus and like everything is just like this big explosion basically, but it was not a big deal at all. Um, but yeah, curious if you guys have any Mercury Uranus stories to share. I, so I manage a warehouse and do a lot of like logistics work. So I'm pretty keyed into the Mercury cycle in general. Um, So like as soon as Mercury goes retrograde, I always anticipate like weirdness in the supply chain. Um, And so the Mercury Uranus square for me has been, it's in my eighth house. The Mercury is in my eighth house. So it's like in the warehouse getting like all a sudden like dump of orders that are happening where it's like, it's been really, really dry and we haven't had a lot of orders go out and I didn't have a lot of inventory. And then during the Mercury retrograde, um, I went from having no inventory to getting like containers full of inventory every single day for like three weeks in a row. And then now all of a sudden everything is flushing outbound. So it's, you know, I, I stay pretty close with that cycle and, um, this year it was activated for me by perfection because I'm in an Aquarius year. So it was a pretty loud mm. one. Yeah, it was very loud. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, Mercury is, I'm in a Mercury ruled year now, starting in like in February, I, it started. Um, and it's uh, the, you know, like the ruler of my ascendant. It's also the ruler of my fourth. And when it originally stationed squaring Uranus within a few days, I like, quickly moved out of Philly and moved to DC, um, like very, very soon, uh, quickly after that. And so this like coming back to that same place and also again, squaring Uranus, there's just kind of, I I moved into with my friend, um, Micah, who we love, um, and we're living, we've been living together for a little bit, um, but I need to find another place. And so there's kind of like, we're coming back to this, uh, Uranus square again, and I'm trying to figure out what is the long term. Like we need to make a new change. Like there was like, there were just moments of being like, okay, there needs to be a change. Like there's no, no more like sitting in, there's no more contemplating this that needs to like happen. Something needs to mm-hmm. like actually occur and establish itself. Um, and so there were couple, like, I feel like that theme has come back to, uh, to fruition or come back into to view, especially now that it's a Mercury world year for me, that it's just like, mm-hmm. There's a, there's a there's an urgency and an intensity to get that um that, to get that uh, actually executed on. Yeah, I feel like <clears throat> that's a really good point because something I've just I've been seeing a lot lately with definitely with myself, definitely with everyone around me, but like also definitely with clients is that there's this need to just break free. Like everyone is just like fuck this, I can't do this anymore get me the fuck out of here Yeah, yes. <laughs> from like whatever situation that they're in. It's just like, whether it's a job, they're like, I can't keep working anymore. Like I literally like physically can't do the work anymore. I hate this so much. Or it's like a relationship. It's like the papers are being filed. Like I cannot be in this marriage anymore, you know, whatever. That to me is very much a symptom of the Saturn Uranus square that we've been in for the past, you know, year or two. But Mercury coming through and triggering that has kind of like sped it up a little bit to be like, no, this needs to change right now, you know, and I think the retrograde really 
what's this time for people to like really reflect on that that square or the tension that that's presented in their life right now and represented by that square and I think with the direct station people are like all right like let's make the plans I got to get out the fuck out of here yeah yeah not to say that you have to like get the fuck out of Micah's place. I know no, no, no. Not. it's like the, but no, the 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 original thing was moving out of Philly, right? Like it had to happen. Yeah. Then it was like a and if, like it had to happen, and I had to solve the problem. Um, and it's you know obviously with Mike, it's a current like it's a temporary solution. And so how do we what like actual change that's like established and can actually be solidified? As Mercury is not only uh, applying to square Uranus or just you know was applying uh, was squaring Uranus, but you know applying to conjoin Saturn, something that's permanent, that's long lasting, that is actually capable of doing something and being something um, for for the long haul. Um, I think that combo of like being ruled by and applying to Saturn is like, we need to solidify these plans now. Like Saturn was like, hey, we're disrupting all this stuff that's been established. Mercury's like, okay, but how do, let's actually like make it into something. Um, mm-hmm. Here, we'll set up all the plans to make it into something. Um, yeah, that's what I've noticed. Totally. How about, <clears throat> excuse me, this venus mars situation i think this is like (laughs) i'm curious to hear if anyone's had any any like anything specific come up because the way i saw this like looking ahead before it started was like okay this is cute like venus and mars moving together mars is gonna like catch up to venus um, then Ve- and surpass Venus and Venus is going to like speed up and surpass Mars, but they're essentially moving step hand in hand, this entire transit through Capricorn. And of course it's like, <clears throat> it's an environment that both can enjoy, especially Mars, of course, being exalted here. Venus has triplicity here in Capricorn. Um, and it's like, they get to kind of play around in like exalted Saturn, sorry, domiciled Saturn's land while Saturn's not home. So they get kind of the benefits of the resources that Saturn can provide being domiciled in Aquarius, but, um, without Saturn, like breathing down their necks, at least for now, (laughs) not until they get into Aquarius. Um, so to me, I saw this, especially when working with clients, um, as like, well, I should say, even especially for people who are ruled by Venus or Mars, so Aries, Taurus, Libra, and Scorpio risings, this definitely being some sort of like love story in some way, or some sort of partnership story, where it's like, maybe there might be some conflict, or maybe not even conflict, but um, rethinking some things, renegotiating some things about the relationship during the Venus retrograde. And now that Mars is there and they're moving forward together, to me, it felt like, okay, they're building, they're building towards something, right? And it might be a little bit of like a cat and mouse back and forth, but like they have similar goals, especially in Capricorn together. And so it's like they're working it out as they move closer and closer to that conjunction at zero Aquarius. Um, And I've seen it play out that way, especially one of my good friends is a Taurus rising and she's been dealing with a lot of like back and forth stuff with her partner who had to like kind of like get rid of some other people that he was seeing so they could have their relationship in a in a more solid way. And it's like, yeah, just watching that whole like not who's chasing who, but like kind of, you know, with like first Mars chasing Venus, now Venus like chasing Mars. Um, I've seen it play out in a lot of different ways, but yeah, curious if you guys have any 
reflections. I know, John, you got excited when I mentioned it. Do you have any, it just, <laughs> anything to add? So when I was doing my, like, basically, like, year look ahead for, like, good electional periods, I noticed this, like, Venus-Mars thing, um, because I have Venus and Mars are within a three-degree conjunction in my chart. Um, so this idea of like Venus and Mars being together is like something that I just feel very like internally. Like I think a lot of my gender presentation and like the way that I present myself is very like Mars and Venus. So I like this kind of like back and I've been calling it the Venus and Mars waltz the whole time because it's like this movement of like back and forth and like, I don't know. It's, I just think it's so beautiful and such a combination of what is like two very different archetypes that work so well together. Um, and in my life, it's kind of funny as Venus and Mars each rule like a dark house in my chart. A lot of this like love story stuff has been happening to people that are close to me, but not to me, mm. which has been mm-hmm. great. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> yeah, a lot of this like back and forth kind of love chasey stuff in like my in my circles, but not to me. Yeah, I've also been describing it as a dance, but I love the waltz seems more legit. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I mean, Mars and Venus conjoined are like so are very hot and heavy, right? I think Austin Kopic talks about like an exceptionally passionate conjunction, right? And, and then you add it to being in Capricorn, and yeah, they have similar goals, right? Again, as you said, that Venus has triplicity rulership, having that support um, there from other people, and Mars being exalted there, being held up and given this like exalted place, and so they both have power. Um, who wins out? I guess like there, are the people can talk about <laughs> like what they think has more power in that situation. But I think it's just really, it's a very hot and heavy, but also with the eye on something to achieve, the eye of something like goal oriented, like it's still grounded in something. It's not, you know, hot and heavy in a fire sign, hot and heavy, or, you know, like it's not hot and heavy in like a water sign where it'd be perhaps like even more emotional and perhaps even more like heart wrenching. It's in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. It's like hot and heavy. And then like, but what do we do about that? Right? Like, how do we Mm -hmm. solve this problem? How do we do something with this energy? There's like a, I feel a really big desire to do something. Like, Venus and Mars want to do something. There's something they want to create. Very cardinal. Yeah. Yeah. Very much that. And yeah, I think exactly what you said. They're they're moving towards something together, which is very like Capricornian. But also, it's the fact that Mars is like steadily like climbing up the ladder to its exaltation degree and Venus is like I'm coming with you bitch like we're doing this together (laughs) yes yes it's like power couple vibes we haven't even talked about Pluto being there it's it's very Um, Bay and J like we'll step on your it's very Bay and J yes (laughs) yes it's very yeah power couple um vibes and just thinking about the fact that it's like they can't let each other go it's very it's very sexy, but also to me, it being Capricorn too, it's like very much about the long term. I think that they're like, you know, they're like, okay, this is hot, but like, how can we make this work for the long term? How can we make this sustainable? Um, and I think that's kind of what this, a big part of this dance has been too. It's like, I think because the retrograde, brought up a lot, right? It brought up a lot of issues and now it's like they're working towards resolution. It's a DTR, define this relationship. What are we actually doing here? Because mm-hmm. I want something out of plans. this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, like I want something out of this. So tell me what you what we're doing. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm realizing this is usually what happens. And me, Jared, and John always joke about this. I always, like, never realize that the astrology is happening in real time <laughs> until I, like, sit and I talk with them. Like, after a whole month has gone by. And I'm realizing, like, it's it can also vary. This is happening in an angular house for me in my 10th. And Mars is my time lord. So I, I had my eye on this anyway. And I just, I'm realizing that it's, like, hot and heavy. But it's also, like very professional I'm realizing personally for all those out there who are like but what about not that stuff um <laughs> I, I it's really been like my relationship with my really good friend and literally creating something that we're trying to make turn into something greater than what it is currently and you know talking about zodiac buzzed and it's like someone that I've known for forever and it's it's really interesting to me um and I, it's really cool, honestly. I really like the conjunction. And I also, as well, have Venus and Mars, like, within two degrees of each other um, in Aquarius. So I'm primarily excited for that. <laughs> but this whole time has been, it's been fun. It's been enjoyable. And it's been definitely, this, them inching up to Pluto is what I am, like, for the last time for Venus. And, oh, I think also for Mars as well. Um, in Capricorn at least. So it's going to be, I feel like we're going out with a bang here and, mm. <laughs> and I don't know what that looks like on the other side. So we'll see. That's a good we'll point. See. I didn't realize that. That's probably, I'm going to check on that for Venus cause I know Pluto does come back, but it might be the last, um, Mars, Pluto and Capricorn. I didn't know the fact that it's that, happening. So I could also be wrong. I just got that. I'm going to check. I'm yeah. going to check. <laughs> <laughs> um victoria said i did not mean to scream unmuted all screams again i'm glad that you're muted but scream all you want while you're muted <laughs> um but yeah let's talk about the pluto piece i mean because oh. like it's definitely yeah um because <laughs> let's see venus stationed conjunct pluto mercury stationed direct conjunct pluto and now we're getting this exalt exalted conjunction conjunct pluto um, and I mean, the Pluto piece for like, what I've been noticing is, especially with the Venus and Mercury retrogrades, there's this feeling of doomedness, I think that Pluto oh, yeah. <laughs> brings about because Pluto is all about extremes, right? Like those of us Plutonians, I don't know about you guys, but I consider Zach and myself definitely Plutonians. Zach's chart ruler, square Pluto. I'm, my son, Mars is conjunct Pluto. Um, but there's this, like, yeah, this extremeness to Pluto where it's like, oh, yeah, we're doing this cute Capricorn thing, you know, like Venus and Mars, very cute, boss bitches. Pluto comes in and is like, <laughs> Pluto comes in and just like raises the stakes, like, ex like just Literally. so much. Yep. And it's yeah. like, this is life or death now. It's not just Literally. some cute... <laughs> Well, right. I think that's where what it is, it's like this dance, this Walt has been cute, but what are we actually doing? It's either, I feel like that, that moment. And I think, I believe that the conjunction happens like at Mars's exaltation degree. Yes. And so it is like, it is really Mars, Mars's moment of being like in Mars severs, like Mars is going to like, either we're building something or we're taking it, tearing it down. It's the tower card. Mm -hmm. You know, it mm -hmm. is really the tower card. Like what is ostentatious? What is the tower of Babel in one's life? And how do we remove that or create, yeah, how do we remove the the excess? How do we cut um, the fat off of something that is not useful, right? It's just like, I think it's a reckoning piece 
that has happened with Venus and with Mars, and then we're having this dance together, and then we they meet up with Pluto, and I think it's like, and now this is now it's either something or it's not. We have to figure mm-hmm. out what it is. We, there's no bl- more waiting. There's no more uh, holding out. I just wanted to. Um, I just checked the ephemeris, and we get. You're right. We, this is our last mm-hmm. um, Mars Pluto conjunction wow. in Capricorn. The next, yeah. the next one's at zero Aquarius on on and Valentine's then, Day. Oh, don't tell me that. Um, <laughs> That's so disrespectful. Why does that my conception that? day? I know on my my conception oh, day. Um, <laughs> no, but we do get one more for Venus in the beginning of January next year. Yeah. We get basically at the exact same degree at twenty seven. Um, it's like January 1st. Yeah, we get another one. So, yeah, I mean, again, thinking about this this Mars-Pluto um, on Mars's exaltation degree, I mean, not to, like, again, bring it back to war or anything, but that does seem very warlike, right? Not So we'll see what happens when, um, when we reach that point next week. Um, yeah. And I, I, yeah. There's like this feeling when the planets are coming up against Pluto, like the, this triple conjunction that's happening, um, where like kind of that intensity between Venus and Mars can turn into like a, a jealousy or like if I can't have it, nobody can have it. Yep. And like willing to, and just with it being in Capricorn and Earth sign, like I'm thinking of like the f- bumping up against something physical happening there Mm -hmm. and just like being willing to destroy something because you don't, even if it's something maybe good, you're willing to destroy it because you don't like how it's being used um, Mm. is kind of like the, the power dynamic that Pluto can bring in. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. You know, with the Venus story, the Venus retrograde, I can't help but think about um, Persephone and, you know, going into the underworld and I, the fact that it's like Venus has is now direct and, and moving through Capricorn and finally picking up some speed, but moving through with Mars and then like they're both coming up to this conjunction together. It's interesting, you know, like when you think about Venus and Mars as lovers um, and even like potentially like for me that the... the the um, imagery that comes up is like Mars kind of coming to scoop up Venus, you know, f- like from the underworld even, or being ex- like, that's hey. Same, same curious. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, let's kind of like playing like the hero, especially exalted, right? And then um, Mars is like, all right, like, let's get the fuck out of here. And <laughs> Venus is like, okay, like picking up speed. Um, and it's like their final, you know, they have to get through the final boss, right? Like the final level, which is that conjunction with Pluto, um, which happens on the March 3rd, um, the day after the new moon. And then they like kind of enter Aquarius together, which to me feels like if we think about Aquarius, especially Aquarius, the first decan, um, and it being sort of about exile and, to me, it just feels like they get through that and someone's like, they like get over the wall or something. And then they're able to sort of like breathe a little bit, even though they have to go meet Saturn after that. (laughs) um, (laughs) It's, it's an interesting, I mean, it's also interesting because it's like, they don't, neither of them have any dignity in Aquarius. So it's, it's not like they're like 
in a better place necessarily once they get into Aquarius. But um, yeah, it just feels like this this conjunction with Pluto is like a very, um, I don't know, a very test. It's like a test for them, but they are also well equipped for it because because of the dignity they have in Capricorn. Yeah, I think it's interesting you say like that, like they get to relax after because I think that really like the vision, like while you were speaking, the like the vision I saw or like the thing I saw in my head was like Venus, like emerging from the underworld, like armed, like wearing armor. She's like Mm. the warrior Venus rather than simply like, like, yeah, lounging in her like glory. Right. And so she's like, like she's like being brought up. Yeah. Out from the underworld with. Mars and they're like together warriors together coming out from the underworld and into morning star right like Venus is morning star mm-hmm. um, and coming out they I guess they all both are um, and then you know and then moving into Aquarius I think the reason I perhaps there's this like feeling of respite that comes from that is because dignity I think essential dignity really um, while we always talk about it in a really positive way because it is in fact positive um, it also has expectations. And I think responsibility, responsibility. Yeah. And so I think that like their responsibility it, while being in, in Capricorn is really, really high. There's a lot um, riding on what they're doing. Um, there has to be something to do, with, especially in Capricorn. I feel like there's like so much that there's wants there's something that uh, so much that wants to be accomplished. Um, and they're trying to do that. And they're getting and they over. have the resources because they, right. they can actually Saturn's do it. Well. Yeah, exactly. And so reaching Aquarius is like kind of where, yeah, they no longer have dignity and therefore don't have the responsibility of action. Um, as mm-hmm. much. I don't know. That's something I was thinking about. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, again, this happens um, Thursday, March 3rd is when they make their conjunction with Pluto. Um, and the day before that, Wednesday, March 2nd, we have our Pisces new moon. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? I mean, yeah, Pisces new moon. I, I guess to me, I can't really separate the new moon from like the, the Mars Pluto con- or Mars Venus Mars Pluto conjunction and then also um, the Jupiter Kazemi which happens a couple of days after but yeah I, I'm really looking forward to this new moon um, per- like personally and, and for people in their personal lives in general especially when it comes to the house that Pisces occupies in your chart right like we're getting a really juicy supple new beginning (laughs) (laughs) in that area of life and especially because jupiter is there right like this is um this is our one and only pisces new moon with jupiter and it happens to be pretty much conjunct it so in that first aspect of the moon after the new moon is that conjunction to jupiter which yeah what's better than that it's beautiful and we we don't even get a pisces full moon with jupiter either like this is it this is our only (laughs) pisces and jupiter yep jupiter and pisces lunation so i think it's definitely one to like look out for you know i i'm sad about it too but i was thinking about it like just the whole like we don't get a lot of jupiter and pisces and i was like you know what if jupiter was in pisces for a full year like I would become a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Like, it's good that they only gave us a little submission because I think that we would, like, we're too powerful. Pisces (laughs) Risings. We're too powerful. Um, (laughs) I think mutable risings in general become too powerful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas, yeah, you think, I think about, like, anyone else that gets, like, a proper first house <laughs> transit. But no, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something to look out for. I would say if you're 
into if you're even thinking about like new moon rituals or like setting intentions like this is a moon this to do this one. under yeah because sure. we don't have any contact from malefics like not dealing with outers even you know in terms of the lunation itself neptune's there but not i'm not worried about it <laughs> you know in the context of this moon um, or at least i'm not worrying about it mix, messing anything up if anything it's just ading to the fantasy element which mm. i'm a, i'm pro fantasy yeah, you know same. i'm pro yeah. <laughs> i'm pro neptune even um in the sense that it's so necessary to be able mm. to fantasize um and to dream up you know the worlds that we desire it's it's so necessary and it's homework that I give to most of my clients is like, I want you to daydream and fantasize about yes. your dream job or your dream man or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, your dream house, because that's where it begins. Um, and so look at where Pisces is in your chart. My advice is going to be wait a couple of days until the moon's in Taurus to do any sort of ritual work. But um, but yeah, like really take advantage of this this fresh... Again, supple, moist. <laughs> I can't help myself. Yes. Juicy oh new new start. Deja's like, true. can you not? Deja's <laughs> are like, oh. malefic incarnate. <laughs> like, can you not? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's um yeah. Curious to hear you guys' thoughts about Deja. What are you thinking uh, about this no. new mood? <laughs> uh, I always feel so bad when it comes to Pisces transits because like. I really it's do. your 12th, I guess. <laughs> I really do try to put on a brave face, but like, <laughs> and it's honestly, truthfully, like, I'm looking forward to it. Like, I think it's going to be really great. Um, I, I definitely agree. I believe that, like, it's a really great time for, like, getting excited about and, like, finding the inspiration to, uh, for whatever you're trying to, like, make in reality because i definitely thought about that moon and taurus like at like a few days afterwards and i feel like having that earth will kind of make it more add form to it versus it just Mm. being like mutable water just sloshing around randomly Mm -hmm. (laughs) sloshing not sloshing is a great word (laughs) yeah but like i don't know I'm just a very dry person, and Mm. (laughs) so I just, it's nice, definitely, for sure, to, like, embrace the moisture, but, you know, (laughs) within within good guidelines and within some boundaries, Mm. you're all good to go, so... Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Deja Deja just ended, um, not too long ago, a 12th house year um, that was all Piscean, so... (laughs) Yeah. Understandable why you're not like extremely stoked about this <laughs> moon. Um, <laughs> I know I am, but objectively, I really, I truly objectively, am. of course, yeah, truly, of course. But but yeah, our fire risings, I always kind of feel for when it comes, like when I'm when I'm giving readings about Jupiter and Pisces, I'm like, yeah, Jupiter and Pisces, but like it's gonna be in Aries, and that's gonna be that's, way better. For oh, you. I'm so I'm like, yeah, <laughs> so excited. Even I'm excited for that, it's and it's like. Great. Yeah, we'll we'll get there when we get there. Um, but yeah, anyone else have have thoughts about this new moon? And we can also talk a little bit about the Kazemi, which is something I'm I'm really excited about. Um, I'm personally I'm planning on starting this new medication on the Kazemi um, because it's it's a medication for the kidney disease that I have, 
which is a hereditary chronic disease, basically. And it's, I, I qualify for this medication, which is exciting because it um, essentially, like, what is it? It's, stops the progression. It doesn't stop it completely, but like that's the point. Is it stops the disease from progressing so much. And it's exciting, but it was also this happened, I found out about that I got approved for it on the Leo uh, full moon, which I talked about in our full moon gathering um here in the 11th house, but it was sort of like bittersweet in a way because it's like great. I get to start this medication which will hopefully prolong my life, right? For like probably decades or even prolong the time until I have to like get a transplant if I ever needed one, whatever. Great. But at the same time, it's like, it was so Saturnian too, because it's like, oh, okay. Now I have to like make sure I'm drinking. I'm not dehydrated because I'm always dehydrated because I don't drink enough water. Um, (laughs) But like, I have to, like that has to change if I'm taking this medication and I have to like, it's the side effects of it are going to like kind of potentially alter my lifestyle in a lot of ways too. So it's like the Saturnian, like hard reality of it. But I decided I'm going to start it on the Kazemi because Jupiter rules my first house, my Pisces rising, and the sun rules my sixth house. And so I was like, let me take you on this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'll have a lunar return that day too. So um, oh, that's what we would go for. Will yeah, we, we will have a, <laughs> <laughs> we will have a lunar return. Yeah, Zach and I, our moons are like two or three degrees from each other. So, yeah, um, I'm stoked for the Kazemi, um, not just to start taking medicine, but, <laughs> but in general, I think it's it's just a really lovely. Um, it's just always I, I like Kazemis in general. I think a lot of us find a lot of benefit from them. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on that new moon Kazemi situation? I'm looking forward to it from a like personal predictive kind of standpoint, just because I mm. think it's kind of a preview for what my ninth house year is going to be bringing. Um, so like that's kind Teaching? of, yeah, like I, I'm hoping <laughs> there's like more of like that kind of like just getting a preview of that. Um yeah. And I just, you know, it's my ninth house. And so that's where I do astrology. And so it makes, you know, I'm very excited for that Mm. transit, you know. I mean, I'm doing this, right? Like this is happening during the IC season. And so it's like, you know, this is part of that transit for me. Hell yeah. Um, Definitely. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, as an exalted Venus person, I just had to like re or like <laughs> affirm what you said about like daydreams and like having fantasies. Um, they, fantasies like for my entire life have been so important. And I've been like trying to figure out how to describe to people why, because some people find it very uncomfortable that I fantasize by, about things like that I do it all the time, right? Like it's kind of like a way I like live. Um, and, um, and I was like, in ta- the way kind of it formed out of like, you know, like I finally found the words was like, I was doing uh, my eclipse aftercare readings where we were talking about like the eclipses um, moving into Taurus and Scorpio. Um, and we have that like Taurus, obviously that's going outside of the timeline that we're specifically talking about, but it like, it really fits. But like that Taurus eclipse, that's going to be um, the solar eclipse in Taurus um, during that, like the Venus, exalted Venus and exalted. Yeah, uh, or April 30th. Yeah, my, yeah, my solar uh, return. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So fun. We stand, and and it's a, and I'm 32, so it's also a Venus and Mars return. 
Oh, oh wow. wow. That's wow. so exciting. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> and Mercury, too, probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not by phase, yeah. but That's by amazing. location. That's awesome. Amazing. Um, and I was just thinking about like, and also it's obviously that one's conjoined. They're both uh, Venus, Jupiter are conjoined Neptune as well. Um, but it's, I was thinking about that and like how like useful energy for that. And I was like, truly dreaming up like the world you want to create, dreaming up the thing you want to establish, right? Like it's a solar return with the North Node. Solar returns have to do about like attaching one's identity to something new, right? Uh, with the North Node, like attaching, like coming up with something new and I, a kind of a combination of it being ruled by such a wildly dignified Venus um, and it being conjoined Neptune. I was thinking about like getting really comfortable about fantasizing in that moment and attaching yourself to a fantasy as a way to allow yourself to build something new, right? Like fantasies are so important to believe in something bigger than where you are. You may not create that exact fantasy, but without that, you couldn't have created anything in between. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe I'm just being extra Venus right now, but like <laughs> the fantasy yeah. matters, the yeah. fantasy matters. And I yeah. just, we can't, we can't, so much of life, and especially right now, is so dark and so dreary and so Saturnian. So, so Saturnian. Yeah. We and said we, at the same time. <laughs> we, need, we need the ability and the time and the space to allow ourselves to dream up something better. Um, a better world, a better life, um, more opportunities. Um, maybe fewer opportunities, honestly, right? Like, more time to rest. Um, all of those things. And, like, allowing ourselves to create that in the future. And so, I think, like... That's like I definitely see this like Jupiter new moon being an, a great time to fantasize, um, to believe in something diff- that something can be different, um, and and to dream that up and to and to yeah as as the moon you know like starting that kind of like ideation and fantasizing during maybe like doing that as a ritual as like not creating something but just what do I desire? What do I love? What do I like believe in? What is, what is a new belief I want to have? Right. Very like obviously Jupiter. And then has it, you know, moves. Yeah. Especially into Taurus, like then establishing it perhaps into a ritual of creation. Um, but starting that ideation in the beginning portion. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Just went on my Venus. No. So like, <laughs> that was great. No, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, I'm very much there with you. Yeah. It's so, I think, with this Pisces, Jupiter and Pisces energy, especially, it's like, for me, a lot of it has been just like feeling good, you know, and like feeling better than I felt. Not to say I'm feeling good all the time, but like that, um, that's been a big part of it. And I think a lot of people like could, could, it could be helpful to kind of think about this transit in that way. Like Jupiter, I always say Jupiter is making room. Um, Mm. Jupiter wants to like, you know, create space basically and thinking about again like we we kind of have this like dip into pisces it's going to move all the way through this time but it will be back for about six seven weeks at the end of this year so again just thinking about like it it might not be that jupiter and pisces is like bringing you the actual tangible thing um it could be that it's just like giving you the the space to like dream it up. And yes. then when Jupiter yes. is in Aries or when Jupiter is in Taurus, like we might get something more physical um, or more tangible. But yeah, that's kind of how I'm trying to like frame this Jupiter and Pisces period. But at the same time, I will just say, just wait till Venus gets there. Because oh, I think yeah. that's gonna <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to change a lot of like this Jupiter yes. and Pisces story. Once we get like another dignified planet in Pisces, 
with Jupiter, I think it's going to change a lot. Um, I think we're going to see it. Yeah. (laughs) Pop off a lot more. And also Um, for as the only night chart on the panel, (laughs) um, for my (laughs) night chart friends, we will really start to feel it once Venus gets there. Yes. 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 Yeah. Very much so. Um, and yeah, on the 5th, that's when the Jupiter Kazemi is, March 5th. Mm. That's also the day that Venus and Mars enter Aquarius, and, and they actually finally form a, form a conjunction at zero Aquarius, which is interesting to think about. That's where Jupiter and Saturn met, um, December of 2020. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what are what's time? Um, yeah, that's something I'm thinking about, so thinking because for me that was that was launching the 11th house that conjunction it was um december 19th um was when i just what? realized something else okay <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell me tell me maybe this is a like a whatever the word is when you're doing it too early preview but we've texted about it so i think it's okay um okay. but i launched my because i used the astrology podcast selection for mm-hmm. that, I think it was, I don't remember when it was, whatever. Um, so I, again, I started my YouTube channel and, and it's just a laugh. And it's kind of just only developed into us, me, Jared, and John doing our monthly forecast. And I texted them the other day because I've been wanting to start a podcast so bad as like an extension of my YouTube channel. But I'm like, ah, I want to like talk with my friends though. And so, yeah, here we are. And so I guess that may be that may be that that may Mm. interesting. Yeah. As like another like more personal and like intimate uh, review of everything that like kind of took off on a more like very larger scale sort of perspective about two and two years ago and some change. And Mm -hmm. it's just really interesting to check in on that little area. It's just mm-hmm. so funny yeah. to me. Wow. Especially because it's like your 11th house, your chart ruler. Is that zero? Ruler for seven. Yeah. It's coming so together. Funny. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I love, love that. Thank you both so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, more astropods always. Um, yes. But yeah, thinking about, you know, what that conjunction was like for you, if it hit anywhere in your chart, it's my part of victory, um, zero Aquarius, <clears throat> excuse me, my Saturn's at one. Um, but yeah, I'm, I just remember that as I'm talking, I'm like, oh shit, that's my part of victory that they're conjoining on. That might be cute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, just thinking about where that was for you and, and how this upcoming conjunction might stimulate um, you know, what happened with the Jupiter Saturn conjunction for you? Um, yeah, yeah. I feel like there was something else I wanted to say, but I forget. Um, the one other thing I wanted to talk about, well, two, they're all Mercury things, so who knows how many, but one is that, is that Mercury is conjoining Saturn at the same time as all these other, I think on the new moon, um, so that's one thing. Oh, kitty. Um, yeah, sorry. It's like almost lunchtime and it's getting to that time. Of day. <laughs> He's like, come on, bitch, feed me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so there's there's that Mercury conjunct Saturn, um, which tends to be just, you know, well, Chris Brennan has Mercury conjunct Saturn, okay? This is very serious. <laughs> it's a very serious. <laughs> 
uh, he's just my favorite example of Mercury conjunct Saturn because like. Mm. Isn't he so that? You know, yes, like absolutely. if anything, yep. yeah. um, like archiving astrology. Yeah. You yes. know what I mean? Reviving like, traditional as a living, yeah. reviving traditional. Exactly. Like yep. just so he's like the perfect manifestation of that. Um, he has it in Scorpio, but yeah, in Aquarius, it's sort of well, one. It's I like I like it personally, just because Mercury has some dignity in Aquarius. Obviously, Saturn, Triplicity. Ruler of Aquarius and Aquarius, all the things. Saturn's so dignified in Aquarius. Um, and I feel like when Mercury comes to Saturn, it's this, um, it's putting structure and form to Mercury, who is otherwise all the fuck over the place, right? Like Mercury, um, <clears throat> such a, I don't want to call it immutable. I mean, it is obviously mutable, but um it can be so formless and so boundless mm. in so many ways. And I think coming to Saturn really, um, it brings Mercury down the earth and, and also at the same time, maybe not bring it, maybe I don't want to say bringing it down to earth, but I think kind of what I'm picturing right now is like Mercury meeting up with Saturn up on the sky daddy clouds, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, kind of coming together to like survey the land together Maybe Mercury has a lot more insight for Saturn in regards to like what's been going on yeah. down below, right? Like with with the humans, with all of us, mm-hmm. um, definitely has some some um, yeah, just some words for Saturn, some information for Saturn, and they can they can kind of move forward with a plan together um, as to how to move forward. Yeah, how are you guys thinking about this Mercury Saturn conjunction? I, I don't know why, but I feel like something big is going to happen regarding like the metaverse, like the internet. It feels mm. very like it's going to be something that we cannot see, but is like very present and like very visible. Mm. Um, maybe they're going to announce 6G, like who knows, but it's going to be something along those like <laughs> Don't say that. I know. 6G. Already have, we already have too much going on. We don't need 6G. <laughs> I can't. We don't need 6G po- protesters is really what I'm yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, that's the, the vibe that I get from that is it's going to be something totally in our realm, but not in front of our face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aquarius yeah. gets like stuck in your head, I feel like. So it's very like, Ooh. like being in a very like, or also I feel, like, yeah, being stuck in your head for one or like getting to a place where you're thinking about like, I feel like Aquarius is very observant and like observing like what people are thinking about and like what people are doing. And then how do we then like do something or like think a little bigger with all the information that we're gathering about uh, through like our process of observing things um, and Mm. people. Um, But in a positive way, I feel like it like Saturn is kind of giving Mercury some guidelines after being like very scattered for the past too long so Mm -hmm, i i'm mm -hmm. i'm like looking not looking forward to it but i am to like kind of make things a little bit more like concrete and yeah give it more form Mm -hmm. yeah i'm thinking about mercury and saturn as triplicity rulers of air coming together and mercury having done this kind of like retrograde back into capricorn and then coming back and joining saturn 
maybe with like the ability to report in on like what's going on over there in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, you know, I'm kind of getting the image of like Mercury kind of a like frazzled secretary figure coming to Saturn and being like, these are all the documents I have. And then Saturn kind of being like, well, these are the ones that are priorities. So like, let's start there. So I'm kind of looking forward to it from a, the sense of like getting pr- the priorities straight. Um, but that can be really uncomfortable if your priorities are not in line with Saturn's um, because Saturn is going to set the priorities. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's sort of like, yeah, it's Mercury's the last after. Um, yeah. So I guess Mercury is going to come to Saturn and then Venus and Mars will leave Capricorn. Sorry. I'm like, I'm thinking about things. Forget what I'm saying. Regardless. <laughs> well, as a person with Mercury and Saturn in Aquarius, yeah, um, yeah, they're not conjoined, that. but they're co-present. Um, mm-hmm. Systems, 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 systems. Like that is like yeah. the key, like Mercury and Saturn in Aquarius thing. Like there is like I have always that my, like my I feel like one of my like deepest strengths and that has like come so naturally is like setting up systems. Like this thing is not working, and they like, we need to streamline this. Like what is this? Like this is dumb, <laughs> right? Like I've done this in so many places. Like being the young person in a space where uh. people had this one way of doing something established for like so many years. And I was like, why the fuck are you doing this? Like, this doesn't make yeah. any sense. It like literally That's angering Aquarius. people, yeah. literally angering people because I was like, this is dumb. I'm, I'm going to change all of this. <laughs> and then what, and then here's the thing. I will say this because it's a key Saturn thing. That system that I set in, I remember one specifically when I was working in fashion, I like, I like, I, there, everything was like, like we were all putting out fires so much. And I'm a person who believes like putting out fires great, but why is the fire starting? Like, mm-hmm. we always have to come back to why the fire, fire, like where it started and why. And I remember I was like so frustrated that we were continuously putting out fires and I was like, enough. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. This is dumb. And I like literally interviewed everyone along the chain of what, like everyone who did a job along the thing of getting something on the website um, because I was in buying. And I was like, there's something going wrong. We, we don't, we're not communicating properly. Something's off. Let's figure it out. And I interviewed all seven or eight departments and came up with the exact plan of what everyone's going to do, communicated it with everyone, and it is still in place. <laughs> Saturn. That's what I was saying, the Saturn yeah. piece. It is That's still Saturn. in place. It, is, it was so functional. It was so streamlined, and it worked, and it still exists today. And so I think like Hell that's yeah. what like there can be difficulties with you know Mercury Saturn kind of not knowing how to like, communicate like having a, like taking a longer time to do something like one key thing I guess for in this situation is that it took a long time to do all of those steps to figure out what was going wrong but it was worth it in the end right to do that work to put in that time to get it right mm-hmm. to set up a process that actually works and isn't just about putting out fires um, I mean, so that, it might take that a kind of reminds me of like. Chris Brennan spending a decade writing his book. You know what I mean? Like taking the time, um, which my Aries moon ass could never, (laughs) (laughs) my Mercury and Sag ass could literally never. Um, I'm about to try to like write a book in the next couple of months. Um, (laughs) So it's just like, that's Mercury Saturn though. It's like, we're going to take this, like you said, it's going to take some time, but we're going to do it right. Yes. Um, And I really admire that. So one thing I want to note about this, though, is this is all happening at the bendings, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 
we we are we're like moving closer and closer to Saturn at the bendings. Mercury um, does square the nodes March sixth, um, and so yeah, that's that's kind of something we talked a little bit about this at our Leo full moon gathering in the eleventh house, just like the the bendings because. Um, the Leo full moon was squaring, like both luminaries were squaring the bendings. Um, but yeah, it's like that definitely throws, it throws a curveball, I think, uh, when it comes to like what Saturn's trying to accomplish in Aquarius and any other planet that comes through Aquarius or, and or Leo that's trying to, you know, I'm thinking specifically about Aquarius and how Saturn's trying to establish things for the long term. Um, but at the bendings, it's sort of like being in this, like, in between world, like, <laughs> I don't know so if I keep thinking of like, um, what's that show? The Magicians, <laughs> which is yes, one of my favorite shows show. ever. Yes. It's so sort of like, there was like that mirror land, like mm, that mirror yeah. space. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of reminding me of that or just like any sort of weird, like in between space that kind of like bends time like literally the bendings are a space where like time bends right like time gets really weird at the bend or just constructs in general but i think especially time um especially with saturn there at the bendings you know curious if you guys have any thoughts about this like planets running through the bendings especially saturn kind of hanging out there most of the year um yeah how also time station? seems to warp. The Saturn station retrograde, I think he stations at 24, so it might station on the bendings. Yeah. It stations very, yeah, yeah, it stations at 25 in June. The bendings are at 22 at that point. Oh, okay. So, yeah, okay. essentially. Yeah, right on top of all my planets. I'm really <laughs> excited for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm hoping I can get Sabrina Monarch in here some way shape or form to talk more about the bendings and, and the nodes in general but especially planet square the nodes because um there's a lot there to kind of unpack but one thing that i just yeah i've noticed is is that we get a lot of weird um like time things where like patterning gets really weird you kind of get thrown back into um old patterning and it the bendings is a hard, it's, it's a difficult place for a planet to be yeah. because it sort of puts them in a position of like wanting to move forward, but kind of being like tied to the past in some weird ways. Yeah. Um, Austin, yeah. I think talks about, yeah, like the confusion of that space of like how much like you're pulled in one direction, but not like you just like almost an indecisiveness about like, which do I like, do I lessen or do I increase? Like, do I like mm -hmm. do, do I go after this or do I like do I step back? Like, do I cut this off or do I continue? Like, there's just kind of like a a, a constant questioning where there isn't really an answer um, until it gets past it. Um, but like that space, there's so much. I think what can really it can really create a lot of anxiety because there's just I don't know what to do. I don't know what the answer mm -hmm. is. Kind of energy. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm thinking just like um, how the nodal bendings is a space where like the sun moon alignment is, e is off. Like they, they yeah. don't really align at that place. Either the moon is too high up in the sky at the Northern bendings or too low in the sky at, at the Southern bendings to like really be in alignment with the sun. Um, and so it can be like at the Southern bendings, like the, 
lunar principle is like closer to our horizon, like our Southern Mm. horizon than the solar principle. So like the sun is above the moon. Um, And that means that we are probably feeling if like the sun is higher up than the moon, like we are willing to kind of like neglect body things and neglect Mm. real things um, in term and in place of spirit things in place of things that are not tangible. Um, Whereas at the Northern bendings, it's the other way around where we're willing to put the body and physical things um, above the solar things of the sun. Um, And so with these planets moving through the Southern bendings, kind of, a prioritization, like all they really can do in that space is like spirit things. It's hard to become tangible um, when you're in that space, which can just kind of feel like it doesn't exist at all, you know? Hmm. Mm, That was beautiful. Thanks for that. Yeah. I'm like not one, I don't know many of the details about that. Um, So that was really helpful to hear. I have a planet at the, my Venus is like exactly square the nodes. Um, to to the degree <laughs> in, in Uranus. And so um, it's definitely a place that I think about a lot just in terms of like, yeah, the d- distress of a planet at that space. And it very much feels that way for me. Um, and I don't know if it's just because it's like Venus and it's Venus and Libra, you know, it's yeah. like already trying to like weigh this balance, balance things. But um my Venus definitely feels very confused all the time. <laughs> what do I do? You know, who do I love? Like, what's right? What's wrong? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that'll be interesting with um, like Mercury moving through the bendings just to see, yeah, like how how that manifests because um, I think already we're in this very like mental space with Saturn and Aquarius and Mercury moving through there. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that might exasperate that. We're also um, right now it, um, from a, like a Vedic lens, we're going through what's called a Kalasarpa, which is when mm-hmm. all of the planets are in between Rahu and Ketu. So for about mm-hmm. 15, like about half the month while the moon moves from Scorpio to Taurus, like while it's on that side of the Zodiac, Rahu and Ketu's effects are, like, amplified. Like, the dragon is being fed, essentially. Mm. Wow. Wow. Um, And so we don't move out of that until Mercury crosses over Rahu, which is, like, close to the eclipse. So we are in this space right now where the nodes and, like, the dragon is more powerful than the luminaries are, essentially. Mm. Um, So I'm interested to see how this kind of bending experience shapes out with with the nodes really kind of being in control almost. Yeah, Woof. that's wild. Especially because like Mercury is going to cross um, Rahu a couple times, three times in oh, the spring. Yes, that's but at that point the sun will be past Rahu, so we will be okay. we'll be out of Kalasarpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Um, interesting. So interesting. Oh, I love that you're here to add that <laughs> <laughs> to add that little the Vedic flair because I know nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's really interesting to think about. Um, and yeah, to kind of round out this forecast, we have Mercury entering Pisces on March 9th, Wednesday, March 9th. So that's a major shift in dignity. Um, I'm personally excited about it. I know I maybe shouldn't be, (laughs) I'm in a Mercury year, but I, I do too. And you know, for me, it's like mutable risings, Zach and I, um, 
John, what's your rising Gemini. again? <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. Yeah. I was like, I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Um, the three of us of mutable risings. I just love a Mercury Jupiter. I love any sort of Mercury Jupiter contact mm-hmm. for mutable mm-hmm. risings because it's like our angles coming together. You yeah. know, the rulers of our angles sort of seeing each other. And I feel like that's when things happen <laughs> for mutable risings. A lot of, you know, a lot of like actual events can start to take place. So, I'm personally really stoked about the um, Mercury-Jupiter conjunction to happen in Pisces. It happens exactly square to my natal Mercury, um, which is cool for me because, again, I'm in a Mercury year. It's also squaring my midheaven, so I'm like... Is this when I end up on TV finally? I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. so cool. (laughs) Trying to get on TV with this this Jupiter in my first. I don't know. I just feel like if it's going to (laughs) happen. It would happen now, yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, but um, outside of that, Jupiter, sorry, Mercury and Pisces. This is an interesting one, too, because Jupiter is there, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like... I'm curious to see how this manifests as opposed to like Mercury and Pisces when Jupiter was in Aquarius and couldn't see it. And also when Jupiter was in Sag even, I feel like that was hard. I feel like that was really difficult. Um, Like when when Mercury was in Pisces because the square, I don't know if it was a square that made it difficult and like Neptune, I don't know. But I just remember it being... Like all those Mercury and Pisces transits being so difficult, so wow. I'm curious to see if it's better this year or or worse, you know, <laughs> or, or even more messy. Well, I think. Um, do you guys have any? Yeah. I think I mean in that Jupiter and Sag period, I believe I'm like trying to look through my ephemeris, but I believe it was also like Mercury was stationing retrograde conjoined Neptune, so it was like yeah, just all that's it right. was like the, Jupiter could help. It was well resourced, but like you didn't know what you were doing, right? Like there was just like nothing was there. Like having a bunch Neptune of resources. Like, resources everyone's on LSD yeah, right. <laughs> right so I think this time it's like it, we're not having a retrograde in Pisces thank God thank the gods thank um, God literally because I just couldn't those were we had like I think two years in a row and I was like this has to stop mm-hmm. like I do Bad. not need this COVID anymore. COVID like happened that. during one of them oh yeah, yeah. 2020 and so yeah. um, I'm really excited. I mean, I think that, you know, obviously Mercury's in detriment here um, and, you know, doing, you know, Mercury things is difficult um, in a traditional way, but it has the support of Jupiter and, you know, in doing Jupiter things in such a, like, really powerful way. And so I, like, I, I don't know. I, I think it was in perhaps, like, the March um, live recording of, like, uh, the Astropod, but they were, like, talking about, and I just, like, was reminded, of course, like, Jupiter being with, being there uh, with Mercury, like, it just really kind of empowers one to do Mercury things in a Jupiter-ruled way that, like, in a, like, with success, with the support that actually you need to be able to do that successfully. So, writing poetry, do songwriting, like, just, like, you know, getting all, maybe just, like, getting Dance, all your thoughts out. Yeah. yeah, maybe getting all of your thoughts out without having to, like, edit them, right? Like if, like, if that's something that I struggle with. Um, just being Same. able to express rather than, like, without having to constantly contemplate whether that was the right thing to say. Um, Azalea Banks. like a lot of... <laughs> it's ex- very Azalea Banks. Exactly, <laughs> oh exactly, gosh. exactly. <laughs> it's also very Twitter. I feel like Twitter, <laughs> very Twitter. Mercury sure. conjunct Uranus and Pisces, I think. Mm. Um, the chart for Twitter. But yeah, that's such a great point. And this is, I'm actually like... 
hoping that I get a, a lot, like a bulk of my book writing done. Yeah. It, it's only two weeks, I should say. Mercury's only going to be here for like, like 13 days or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> 13, 14 days. Um, or maybe like a little bit more. But still, it's very, very quick. Um, but I think that's also another reason why I'm like, this might be better than than other yeah. Mercury tran- um, and Pisces transits. So we'll talk more about that in the next Venusian afternoons. But um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit sad that wood. the moon doesn't go through Pisces while Mercury is in there. Um, I really, mm-hmm. I really wanted to do the Picatrix fish talisman. Um, <gasps> oh my because, God, I was looking at that. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> the warehouse that I manage is full of fishing equipment. I work for like a major fishing company. Um, and so like, I really wanted to like make a talisman for some of my coworkers and be like, go fish and let me know how it goes. Um, but the moon doesn't go through and that's one of the requirements in the Picatrix. Oh, it's moon Mercury so second deck in the Pisces. So I won't be making so that talisman. Sad. You can, you won't be, I mean, I feel like you should play around with something. Like we, we do get moon in, in cancer. Right. I think it's going to try right. and, yeah. try and Mercury right when, right when it enters. So try, try something. <laughs> Jared, please. That Jared, so good. There's an election that I have found that I, we should talk about it. Okay. Offline. Okay. okay. Yes, I think that might be good. I probably have looked at that same Cancer Moon election. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. I was going to say, Jared, my Patreon, my Pisces forecast has that Cancer Moon election. <laughs> yes. It's a goodie. It's a goodie. Um, I know, I'm pretty sure I have it on my wall. Too. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure one of these, one of these is that. Um Let's see. Did we have anything else? We don't have any questions. Um, do you guys have anything else to share about the astrology of the next two weeks? And yeah, or even the astrology that we've been moving through? I think the one thing obviously is like, you know, right, obviously that new moon is happening with Jupiter, um, that Pisces new moon in Jupiter, with Jupiter is like happening at the exact same time as the Mercury-Saturn conjunction, as the exact same time as the Venus-Mars-Pluto conjunction. And so, I don't know, it's like a really interesting combination of like weird astrology where like there's like weirdly good things happening in three different places but they're completely different flavors right so Mm -hmm. good things for saturn doesn't mean good things for jupiter doesn't mean good things for mars and perhaps even good things for venus and so it just is like there might just be such a mixed bag feeling of like hey this is a like you know maybe the jupiter and pisces like the pisces like place in your chart feels really really good and like the saturn place might not feel as great it might feel like there's a lot of responsibility to get done and then with the venus pluto mars there's just a lot of like having to eradicate things that are no longer useful and figuring out where you need to fight and where you need to back off. And so that's just like, like uh, that, you know, you're not, I don't, I feel like there's, that's like a confusing, like how does three completely different vibes happen exactly at the same time? And so I think it's just like, that's Pisces. uh, (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) Um, Like allowing that, like allowing it to kind of like wash over you and not try to control everything. Cause there's just kind of like so much going on that you have to just like, let go, I think, a bit of control over every piece of it um, because it's just a lot to hold on to. It's a good point. It's a lot, and it's all dignified, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> like Everyone has Every single piece, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a really good point. Yeah, I think we're, we're still in for some kind of confusing times right now, but I think that there's, there's definitely some, like, little pockets of relief to kind of hold on to and yes. to... Again, fan, like the fantasy piece yeah. is so important because totally. we're in such hard times right now. We have to be able to dream up a better world. 
Mm-hmm. Period. True. Yeah. I'm thinking about the the three signs being like the cardinal, fixed, mutable, like mm. trip, like triple sign that's happening. Like this, it's yeah. all happening in that quarter of the zodiac. Um, and so, just like as you're navigating this time, like if you're seeking to start things, like start things that are Venus Mars. If you're seeking to maintain things, like maintain mm. things that are Saturn. If you're seeking to change things, change things that are Jupiter. Um, you know, it's probably Ooh, not like the best time to try to like fix something Jupiterian in space time, right? Like it's <laughs> it's gonna be hard to do. Um yeah. almost impossible, yeah. you might say. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really, really great point. Yeah. You know, lean into what makes sense yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, the the Aquarius stuff we're not gonna change, right? Like <laughs> And not to mention, Uranus is still fucking with everything in Aquarius all year. So it's like we might, yeah, I don't know. It, it's the oh, is that Saturn the need Mercury for change conjunction square Uranus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is, isn't uh, it? It's yeah. oh, wow. Uranus is like it's not quite the yes. Saturn Mercury is at eighteen. Oh. Uranus is at 11, what, 11, 11 12. Yeah, yeah. yeah, never mind. Okay, well, it's still, but I mean, but still still enough. Yeah, it's still, still close enough. I mean, for sure. We all, yeah, it's, it's, we still feel it. That's for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. So it's, I think with the Aquarius stuff, yeah, it's definitely hard to, um, it's hard to plan long-term, I think f- right now. Cause it's, it's like there's Saturn to do all that work, but it keeps running into Uranus, which is like, mm, yeah. That's nice Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. But, um, this isn't as authentic to what we, you know, to what we are. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to scrap that. Yeah. yeah. And Saturn's like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and Uranus is like, um, I don't care what you think, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's an interesting back and forth that we're dealing with right now. Um, but for Capricorn especially, um, it really feels like we're, we're kind of leading into this space of like, conclusion i would say Mm -hmm. especially as like pluto's finishing up there and yeah it's like yeah i'll leave it at that (laughs) i also think it's thank you for bringing up deja i think it was you right who like it was the last conjunction of mars with pluto and capricorn like i'm still my mind is still blown about that um it's wild incredible it's that mars retrograde gemini that really slows things down and then yeah 2023 pluto and aquarius Yeah. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Well, since we're only focusing on the next two weeks. (laughs) Let's just literally forget about that, please. Uh, Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah, we'll just not think about that. Um, John, do you have any any final words? Um, Yeah, speaking from, like, an electional standpoint, there's, like, tons of these great little pockets where the moon is enclosed Mm. by the benefics when it's um, in the signs that are averse to Aquarius um, because it's mostly moving from... Um, aspects with Jupiter to Venus and they're pretty far apart at this point. Um, like I think literally starting today, once the moon textiles Jupiter for like almost a full 24 hours, it will be enclosed by the benefic. So just take advantage of these nice, like there's this nice, like lunar, the, the moon seems to be like really in a pretty good place almost the whole time yeah. of its, of the sun's like movement through Pisces. So take advantage yeah. of all the nice lunar watery goodness that's kind of coming up. Okay. Totally agree. Um, 
Thank you all so much for joining me for Venusian Afternoons thank number you. one. Thank you, Kira. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So great. Um, I'd love for you guys to go around and tell people where they can find you. Um, why don't we start with you, Deja? Yeah. Um, you can find me on my website, DejaTheJovian.com. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at DejaTheJovian um, and on YouTube. And that's where you can also find our forecast. Um, and I think that's just about it. Yeah. Zodiac buzz. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think the, the, you, I, I'm so sorry. It's Don't be sorry. I do this all the time with like, I have too many things going on. I forget. Yes, it's just how it piles up. Um, yeah, that URL is Drunken Dex, I'm pretty sure. But you can also look us up on Kickstarter, Zodiac Buzzed. And on Twitter, Zodiac Buzzed. And also on Instagram, Zodiac Buzzed. So yeah. Awesome. John. Um, yeah, so I am Astrologon on Twitter, and my Patreon is also Astrologon. Um, my website is astrologon.com. Um, my Instagram, which is I use more so like personally, but still post some astro content, is um John period on period Jupiter. Um, and I currently have an imposter that is John period on <laughs> underscore jupiter that's not that's that's fake that is not me you heard we it here we hate that john. officially we yeah this is john. the real john is john period on period jupiter on instagram um yeah yeah thank you for that um, where are you from i am from right outside of providence rhode island oh that's right you said that okay okay um i was just trying to place your your like accent it seemed it seemed east coasty so i was trying to <laughs> it's it's slight it's slight um, and yeah, on that note, like, if you don't already know that there's Instagram imposters out there, please know that that's, this has been an ongoing problem for the past, like, s- six to 12 months, basically. <laughs> um, and yeah, just do a little due, dil- due diligence before yeah. paying someone <laughs> for, um, for reading yeah. or, or via Instagram DM. Okay. Um. <laughs> that's that on that. <laughs> That's that on that, Jared. <laughs> um, I am, my website is leaping.fish, um, and my uh, Twitter is leapingfish underscore, and my Instagram, which I mostly just lurk on, is leaping.fish. Um, so you can find me in all of those places. There's no dot com, just leaping.fish. You'll, you'll get there. Awesome. Perfect. Cool. And Zachary. Yeah. Um, I, on all social media, Twitter and Instagram, it's Zach Powell, Z-A-C-C Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L. Um, I'm, because Mercury um, co-present with Saturn, uh, I still don't have a website because I am wildly neurotic about the details. Oh, well, also it's a Venusian thing. I'm, fit, like, aesthetic things take me a really long time because I'm so neurotic about them. But I have a link tree and all of that that leads to everything. I'm also restarting up my writing practice through Patreon again. I had to take a break from it because... Jupiter years are way harder than people think they are, they um, are. and they I are. it was it was rough. So I had to take a break from it, but I'm starting that up again um, in March, and I'm really really excited to start writing again um, in a Mercury Saturn year. Um, and that's Patreon.com/slash Zach Powell as well. Um, yeah, those are the places. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for all the eleventh houses who joined us live. Um, and thank you for catching um, this on the podcast. And we'll talk to you again soon. We have another one of these in two weeks. So we'll be back with more. Thank okay. you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. Thank, thank you. you. 
There you have it. Venetian Afternoons, number one. Um, I would really love to hear what you guys think about this because this is like totally brand new. And um, yeah, I want to know if you're if you want more, if you enjoyed it. Um, we already have a couple more scheduled, some like really, really cool astrologers coming to join us. I'm really stoked. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, again, we have an another guest workshop coming up through the 11th house. Um, Gabriella Pera is coming to talk about the astrology of migration and essentially teaching a bunch of different like timing techniques. Um, it's, it's very much focused on transits actually. So if you're wanting to learn more about transits, um, this is, this will be a really good, workshop to attend. And especially if you're a migrant of any set of any sort, if you're an immigrant of any sort, like if you, if you're interested, if you have clients that are, you know, this is going to be a really great workshop for you. So definitely check that out. Um, yeah, again, get on the wait list and, oh yeah, kind of circling back to what I was just saying. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode. If you can, Follow us on Instagram and like let us know in the comments for the posts for this episode. We love that. Um, and be sure to, you know, follow all of our guests. They're all awesome astrologers. Um, and yeah, hopefully some of them really resonated with you. Pretty much all of them do readings. So definitely check them out. Okay, um, next episode is water signs, or sorry, fire signs, Jesus. Fire signs, finally. <laughs> um, excited for that one to come out too. And yeah, I'll talk to you then. 